What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Productivity Lovers Podcast, the podcast about how to become more productive in your work and home environment. The Productivity Lovers Podcast is brought to you by Chris Scrott, a certified professional organizer and deadly, a digital productivity coach. Buckle up and enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of the Productivity Lovers Podcast that maybe you need to turn your Do Not Disturb on at this time. (laughs) We all need Do Not Disturb at some point. Dude, it's like the best thing, the best thing iPhone ever invented. Do Not Disturb. And before we talk about Do Not Disturb, shall we clap? You should clap. I should clap. So another episode is here from the production. I know. Here we are. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. I'm Chris Scrapp. And I am Deb Lee. Hi. How are you? (laughs) I am well. I am well. I am well. The sun is out today, which Mm -hmm. makes a big difference to me. I don't think I suffer from seasonal, what do you call that? Seasonal something disorder. But I love seeing the sun in the sky even when it is bitterly cold it makes a difference to me so I want to say a seasonable depression disorder but I could be I off. don't think it's that but I'm sure somebody listening will you know tell will us correct us yes please do we won't be offended we need a show assistant that when we say <laughs> we don't know what this thing is somebody goes research and then comes back and tell us how we can or we need some amazing listeners who would love to research some of that and say, hey, I know the answer. You tell us, we'll take it. I know. It. Sometimes I am a, a very strong proponent of no phones at dinner or whenever yes. I'm, eat, I'm eating with people in general, like you and I have this rule too. Like when we have, when we used to have lunch together, we never had our phones on the table. No, we always put them away. And so sometimes I'll be having dinner with, you know, especially with the kids and they will say things and they Google everything all the time, right? It's like their phone Mm -hmm. are essentially like in their hands. The kids have the phone on their hands at all times. So, you know, whenever I think, you know, I appreciate the fact that they, they are growing up in an age where they have access to all the information they need. Whenever they're curious about something, they can Google it. Absolutely. But I am a proponent of not having phones during dinner times. and I'm actually pretty you know adamant about it so I make everybody leaves their they'll leave their phone elsewhere it does make it for a short dinner but at least it's undisrupted <laughs> everybody's but, eating really fast you know why I'm, I'm forgetting why I was telling this story having an ADD no, moment too. I'll give you a moment I'll give you a moment I because I'm a good friend like that you are I am yeah I am. my friend Jeff Jeff Copper thinks I have ADD I don't know. I think I'm just getting forgetful. You know what? To that point, I think as we were talking about technology, I think sometimes the technology or the use of it and how we use it can mimic some of the experiences that someone who has ADHD has. That's my opinion. Obviously, I'm not a scientist or a doctor or a therapist or any of those things. However, I do think the task switching, the back and forth, the instant sort of gratification, the part of the ability to attend for only a short amount of time and then mm-hmm. moving on to the next thing. And then I think yeah. like and sometimes it comes back to you and sometimes it's gone. But and sometimes know. that happens too. Those are I, called senior moments. 
<laughs> I just turned 50. I must be having a senior moment. Yay. You know what? Here's like a completely like, forget that story. I have a better story. Okay. Go with the new story. <laughs> I just received my membership at AARP. You did not. You did, did? too. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. Rob, I know. Rob, I like I literally received it the day after my birthday. I was like, dude, you should give it a minute. <laughs> but you know, AARP knows how to stalk people over the age of exact Very 50. And you. I was like, you know what? I would like to take full advantage of all of the discounts available to a person over the age of 50. Oh my god. So here I am. I'm embracing it. You know what? If you don't embrace it, what will you do? I know. You got to embrace it. You have to. It comes with some perks and you just, you take it. Oh, I I see someone back there. She's grown up. Say hi. Hi, Willow. Hey, Miss Willow. She has this very fun. Is that a pineapple? Pineapple toy (laughs) that is squeak. So we're taking it away. Go lay down. Okay. She's gotten really big, Chris. All right. Well, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. As I said before, the sun is out. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'll take it. I'll take right. it. Yeah. And I have, I have a, it's funny that I'm going to tell you this because of what we're going to talk about today, but I have a self-care thing this week. You do? I do. It's not anything like groundbreaking or anything like that, but I, I'm getting a facial this week. <gasps> Good for you. When was the last facial. time you got one? Okay, so I, I I do I do make an attempt to get one on a regular, okay? Oh, because you. as you mentioned earlier, that whole AARP membership comes with perks, but it also comes with a few things I'm not liking, right? On yeah. my face, yeah. <laughs> so lately, I've been seeing a person who does some wonderful things to my face, and she's going to do work her magic again and and make me feel like I'm 20 again mm-hmm. <laughs> this week. You do look like um, you're 20. Yeah, I'll feel like I'm 20. I don't know that I look like I'm 20, but that's okay. I don't have to look that way. I'll take the experiences and the learnings thus far, because when I was 20, I was smart, but I feel like I'm way smarter now. So I prefer this body, this face with 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 the learning that came with it. You know what I was, I think what I was going with my kids with Google things is that they are so much smarter than we are because they have access to all of that information, right? When they haven't been on the planet as long as we've been and we have but we only when we were kids, we only had our brains. They have the whole internet available to them. Not fair. Well, we also had Encyclopedia Britannica. (laughs) No, I I grew up in a foreign country. Oh, right. We did not have Encyclopedia yeah. Britannica. Britannica. Yeah, we, we had like the, the traveling Britannica man would come to the house every so often, or the apartment, I guess I should say. He yeah. would, you know, every couple of years or so, he'd come with a whole new set of Britannicas. <laughs> and now, we, now, as to your point, now the kids have that on their phones, not even on a laptop. They don't need it on a laptop. They have it on their phones. Oh, they just, you know. All right, we have really digressed today. A little bit, but but thanks I did for hanging in there. We do have a good conversation that we have planned today. So. This is what happens when we forego our monthly lunches. This is what happens. It is true. Just, you just get, you get to you get to experience it live in the podcast. <laughs> so this this morning, I was coaching someone in their business growth, and when she was describing her ideal client. 
I summarized it for her as mom neglect. And I thought like, I was like, oh, that is like such a catchy phrase, right? Yes. And, and so I Googled mom neglect and an interesting article from the New York Times came up. And when you and I jumped on the call, I was like, what are your thoughts on mom neglect? And you were like, oh, I have a lot of thoughts on the subject. I was like, I do. And I was like, how does that relate to productivity? It does. It does. So you tell us like first thoughts on how it relates to productivity or your thoughts on mom neglect, which. Okay. Well, let me, I'm going to say the name of the article. Yes. It's called neglecting yourself. Doesn't make you a better mother. I would probably replace mother with parent in some cases. And then the subhead, the subheading really hit me hard. The subheading is showering and eating regularly can be a form of self-care. And that blew me away. Right. That's a basic human right, people. Like eating and showering. So this is probably... uh, first world expectation Mm -hmm. that one would eat on the regular and clean up at least the important parts, the important bits also on the regular. And so I see it almost as sort of this, it's a basic need, as you said, it's just one of those things or two things that one should expect to have as part of your life. And I don't see it as self-care. I see it as you got to do those things to just survive in the world. So that's one thing. And then second, the second thing, I do think it is connected to productivity because oftentimes when you are neglecting yourself, you go down a road of decreased performance in my estimation. And based on the work I've done with clients, what I see is you're overdoing so much either for work or the people in your your personal home tribe. And you put yourself at the bottom of the list and you, you go down this burnout road, you go down the... I don't feel sometimes I don't feel cared for myself road. I'm always doing and doing and I'm always busy, but I'm not really feeling sort of that in return where someone is also doing the same for me. And so I think you can really, they kind of go together. They mesh together that self-care and the productivity kind of line up side by side. And every situation is different, obviously. And depending on where you are in the world and what your resources are, if you're not getting regular food, regular meals, being able to keep yourself clean and just go about your day. I don't know. I dare say you're not going to get much done. I just don't, I don't know that there's going to be an overarching goal beyond finding that meal or getting that shower or whatever that might be. So I do see them as very, very connected. Yeah. And it's really, you know, I, it in my clients that are full-time parents, especially new, new parents, first-time parents, and how challenging that transition is. They are not eating, they are not showering, they are not sleeping, they are not doing laundry, they are mm-hmm. not organizing, they are not reading their mail, they are not like the only thing that they have time for is caring for their baby. And yep. That is such a challenge that, you know, I feel like we don't really talk about that very often. Like we, we talk, talk a about, lot about the, the, the nice parts. Yes. Parenting. We talk about the beauty of babies and the joy. And, yep. you know, I feel like I not that long ago just read an article about 
And she referred to the fourth trimester as like the most difficult trimester. And I was like, oh my God, there are those first three months when you have a baby that must be incredibly difficult for people. And I have a lot of clients there are new parents. So I haven't experienced that myself, but I have seen and helped a lot of people through that process of just like adapting to having another person living in your home, right? Another 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 person that you're responsible for. Yeah, and another person that is really not have very helpful in any process, right? They're just they're <laughs> just like to just be taken care of. So that feels incredibly hard. And I also feel like I don't want to be cavalier in the thought of like how does one in the, you know, in the fourth trimester then takes care of themselves and become more productive because that just feels disingenuous to me, right? I mean, I think not that long ago, one of my clients did say, she was like, you know, I love your podcast with Dudley. And I, sometimes I feel like throwing something at the wall, because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because like, how am I supposed to do that thing that you're suggesting when I'm so buried in all of the other things? First of all, true. You know, sometimes you can't, you can't see your way out when you're so in it. And oftentimes, you know, we tell clients to find that next step or that first step or that little thing that you can do to kind of help dig your way out of wherever you are, out of the mire, if you will. So it's it's a good point that that she makes. I think sometimes, though, it's difficult to to get there because as a parent, you take on this responsibility of caring for, so the physical care of a tiny human and addressing their basic needs. And any of your needs, your basic needs now go back burner. So the whole sleeping, eating, showering thing comes to mind. But what if you were a thriving entrepreneur prior to having this tiny human in your life? So the babies from that, your projects, the things that you, brilliant ideas that you came up with, they too go on the back burner as you care for this tiny human. So it is so multifaceted and so... It's like, I feel like there's so many prongs that come out of it that you may not be feeling fulfilled and quite the reverse. You may be feeling guilty for wanting to look at those things and work on those things for wanting to get at least six hours of sleep for wanting a baby who didn't have colic for wanting all of the things that new parents or repeat parents might feel when a tiny human enters their home that they are then responsible for. And when you get down into the mire of all of that, you know, you can kind of get lost a bit and you may not go back to work on that really super important project that you, you thought you wanted to work on before the baby came along. And you may lose yourself in mom life or parent life and feel guilty about maybe not being enough or doing enough, even though you're doing a lot. When we work with business clients, we tell them, or even, you know, with the solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, we, we say, look, you probably don't realize how much you get done in a given day or a given week. You should create like a ta-da list. Look at all of your accomplishments that you've done. I love putting stuff I've done on my to-do list and then crossing them off after <laughs> because it just gives me that fulfillment. Me too. That I need, right? So, you know, new parents don't have necessarily a ta-da list to refer back to. They don't have time to scratch their head. <laughs> So how do you kind of get out of that? How do you see the the progress and the good stuff that you're doing with this new human in the, in your life 
and also advance some of the things that you really want to do that are close to your heart. Say. Yeah. So how, how did you manage some of those things when, when you're, when your kid was that young, because you did manage the two, right? You did have a thriving business and you had a child and your husband has a business. Yep. And so it was how- hard. It was hard. I, I tried to go back to normal with, with a few differences. So I, I was at the time helping people organize things in their offices and in their homes. So the physical stuff of organizing. And so I would bring my breast pump with me. And I would take a 15 to 30 minute break, which I would normally just grab a bite. Like, you know, I'd probably just grab a a granola bar or something and eat while I was working. But then I would say to the client, listen, this is a a new situation for me. So I'm going to take about 15, 20 minutes. I'm going to be in the bathroom. (laughs) Just give me a few moments. And I tried doing that and I failed miserably at that. It was extremely difficult. And I felt failing my kiddo. and failing my client. I had a lot of strong feelings about it. I couldn't help this client get to where they needed to be without having to deal with some of my personal stuff. And I wanted to separate the two. I didn't want my personal stuff to be coming into the client's life because they need me to help them. Yeah. So that was difficult. And sometimes I was in homes or offices that were extremely cluttered or extremely unclean. Mm-hmm. And so taking the breast pump with you and dealing with that there was also tricky. Challenging. Yeah. It was very challenging. And so I came to the decision that I could no longer do that. I had to stop the physical organizing of things. I could not go into someone's home or office anymore because it was taking me away from my child. And I didn't feel like I could give the client a hundred percent. And yeah. I wanted to do both. So I had to reinvent things. And think of how else could I help a client and still attend to my child and doing all the things I needed to do. You know, I would be in the car for an hour each way, at least, to go see a client. So that's two hours away from the kiddo. And then taking the half hour to try to get the milk going. It was crazy. So productivity, hello. (laughs) (laughs) And change, productivity and change. They came hand in hand. Yep. I mean, well, quite honestly, when I was helping people to organize their physical things, they always asked me about time and how to manage their time and how to manage their energy and how to get all the things done and how could they carve out time to organize their home, all of that. So it wasn't a a big stretch. It was just, but it was a big change for me. So I had to make a, you know, a a big decision. I had to stop one thing and start something different. Yeah. And in the article, they do talk about how, how dads normally, and I don't want to generalize that, right? Because there are plenty of single dads out there that sure. have, right. like, we're strictly talking about two parent households, but like they were talking about how the parents, like don't, the dads don't even think about whether they're going to take a shower every day and get, you they know, just do it. they just do it. Like it's an expectation they have. So they just go about their day that way. But moms have to put a lot more thoughts in their self-care. So I hate the word pivot. I just feel like it's so overused. We use it all the time. (laughs) During the pandemic, right? It's just like, ah, throw up. (laughs) But but it is like a good way to describe it. You know, you you come to a fork on the road where you're like, you know, how, how do I make myself more productive and how do I honor 
my relationship with my child. And the thing I love about you, and I have known you since before you had her. So I just feel like, you know, I have watched you transition in different ways over the years is that you always put your relationship with her as a priority. And at times when your work feels like it gets in the way that you make decisions based on like, what do I want? What do I need for my relationship with her? And I feel like what the article was saying is that, you know, that it's difficult for parents at times to make those decisions of like, where is the balance between like basic, you know, I eat and I take a shower and then I prioritize my relationship with my children. And there are other things in our lives that are going to be neglected because of those choices that just seems like that's the mom, you know, mom, mom neglect and mom guilt are just the real thing. They're very connected. I think if it's, if you can see for a short-term project, you can see yourself working long hours. You know, this is just, you know, it's like a project for a month. Long hours, maybe not eating as much, but you're, you're, you're pushing through. But you know, at the end of, you know, week four, you're done. That's not how it is with a child, <laughs> right? There's no one month project, right? It, it's, it's, it's a very long-term it's sort of a, thing, right? It's an 18 long to 18 year at long least, project. At least, at least. And so it's hard to tease apart that whole, okay, well, this is just for a short time. I mean, a short time with a colicky baby, maybe, because you figure the colic will end at some point soon, right? It won't last very long. But children don't come with a handbook. <laughs> and they also have, they have other things that, that go on. And you are responsible, but you're also responsible for yourself. And that line between how much I take care of me and how much I take care of my child and others sometimes gets a little blurred, I would say. Where do you draw the line in the sand and say, it really is all right for me to have 10 minutes of time by myself yeah, on my own yeah. without anybody else. And I'm just going to walk up to my partner and just hand over this tiny human and say, I need 10 minutes mm-hmm. and, and, and no questions asked, no explanations required. And you get your 10 minutes. And do you deserve more than 10 minutes? Absolutely. But can, is 10 minutes all you can carve out? Okay. All right. Let's, let's go with that. So it helps to have a tribe, a group of people who are understanding, supportive, and are there in it with you. And so for those who who don't have that tribe or the partnership or the ideal partnership in which, you know, there is support coming, it can be very tricky. It can be extremely tricky. Very Um, tricky. I don't know how one... I don't know. I think it would, I'm thinking back to the times when, you know, I had an infant and how frustrated and incompetent I sometimes felt. How can I not, first of all, I'm a former teacher. I know about kids. I can deal with kids. Yeah. Okay. When it's your own, it's a little different. So I felt a little incompetent there. I was a new parent, had no clue what to do with all kinds of things that came up. And I was, you know, still working and trying to find my way. It's hard to do all three things and and produce the way you used to before the child came into view. Not blaming children, guys. I'm not trying to say that. What I'm saying is life was one way before and then it becomes different. Not bad, not good, 
different and you need to adjust. And that's hard. Very hard. Well said. I just, I just love that one of the, one of the quotes from the article is that mothers exist to serve others. And that's, Hmm. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I have such I don't, I don't know that I don't I mean like I have a difficulty with it too. I mean like even when I think about my own mom that raised four kids and ran a yeah. small business and like ran a household and you know she did spend a lot of her time taking care of of us and like running yeah. us around and like you know serving yeah. serving the kids and and the dad and at times to her own detriment. So it's a, it's a real thing. And, and I think, you know, we, I feel like, I feel like at times we have to give permission to people to just not be productive. You know, I feel like sometimes we have to give people permission, the time to just be a parent or be a mom or just, or just be acknowledge that like, yeah. You know, I think in one of our previous podcasts where we talked about the three people we wish we yes. had in our lives that would help us be more that. productive, like we talked about laundry services, right? So yes. I think sometimes like, and what I love about you is that when you feel like, okay, and I think I love that about myself too. Like I'm pretty good at hiring people. Yeah, <laughs> you whenever, are. whenever I feel like this is not working, I'm always like, how can you throw money at it and make it better? <laughs> you know? And of course I feel very genuinely blessed that I, you know, I grew up in poverty and now I can throw money at things. So I have lived like a spectrum of resource life, you know, in the 50 years I've been on this planet. It is a gift sometimes to be able to look objectively and see like, okay, I'm failing in these things in certain ways. And how can I find resources to help me? You know, and I, and I think like sometimes there are Unexpensive ways to solve some of the problems that we may have that mm-hmm. just looking at it objectively may be helpful. I don't know. I may be generalizing it, but no, I, I think uh, to a certain degree, it sometimes the solution doesn't even require funds or money. It could be that you are talking to someone and getting some of these feelings of frustration or whatever it is that you're feeling just out, like out of your mind and out of your body, because when they start living in your body, they sort of start growing in ways that are not helpful to you. So sometimes it's just phoning a friend, as simple as that. Sometimes it could be, you know what? I don't want to talk to anybody, but I will write it in my journal, how I'm feeling right now, how I want to feel tomorrow. And maybe this one small thing I can do to to just turn it around, even if it's just for the top half of my day when things always seem crazy. So I, I think, yeah, sort of looking at things objectively can be difficult when you're in it. It helps to have a different brain, maybe who can share some ideas or thoughts or just listen, you know, mm-hmm. just listen to you as you rant and rave or, or rage or whatever it is you're feeling. The simplest, the simplest things can often have the most profound impact. So all things, you know, being equal, hopefully, you know, people listening are in a place where they are eating on a regular basis. Yeah. Like that's a, an expectation I would want for myself and others and that they have clean running water, not always available (laughs) everywhere so that they can actually, you know, take care of themselves in that way. Even in the United States, there are places where that's, I was thinking that. Yeah. We're not talking too far away from here. Correct. Correct. So we recognize that we're speaking to sort of a, a specific audience who 
likely has resources and isn't necessarily as concerned about the next meal. But I don't want to negate how those things also impact what where your focus is and 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 what you do. Because, you know, if you're not eating, you can't learn. If you're not learning, then what? So as a child, kiddo, not learning, as an entrepreneur, would you even have a business? So I mean it just goes down so many so many different roads. Well, but, we don't have to solve a world peace today. No, not today. Or world hunger. Not not today, but but I do take issue with that quote about moms existing to serve others. Well, I said some people feel like mothers exist to serve others, maybe like children. Children feel like we exist to serve them. Okay, well, maybe that's true. <laughs> Especially teenage children, they feel like, do you have needs or thoughts? Do you really need? Do you really need to eat a salad? I don't think you need a salad. Don't eat the avocado. <laughs> like you need to eat. Like I don't think that's a necessary. That's not necessarily <laughs> important. You need to take me places, and we're running late. Let's just get on. Let's with go. It. Come on, let's go. One of the things that came out in the article too is you know the the need for self care, like the the parents that they were describing in that article know they have a need to take care of themselves, but they feel, and I quote, awful for wanting that. Oh, wow. That just struck me as you shouldn't feel awful for wanting a shower, right? Shouldn't feel awful for wanting to have, you know, some, some moments away. So, you know, all of this kind of brings up memories for me, of course, but I hope that those who are listening feel like they have this one moment in their day where they can just get the the 10 or so minutes to themselves. I mean, sometimes you have people banging on the bathroom door while you're in it. You know, you just need the five minutes away. So I, I get it. So I, I and I also hope that if somebody has navigated this, that they might even share some of their own, like what worked for them personally, some of their own tips for navigating the newness of being a parent with juggling a job or a business that you own that you're trying to grow and how that how that can look because it can be can be daunting but I think on the other side of things you know there's some key things that you probably want to have in your life to help you move to that next that next level of not feeling like self-care is (laughs) is, is too much to ask for yeah I I love to hear what one tip people have on how they you know how they find self-care as a new parent. I'm a new step-parent. How do you take care of yourself in the process of also taking care of others? Do you do that? Do you take care of you? What do you do? We have the girls 50% of our time. So I have plenty of time for myself. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Got it. And, you know, I am, I'm more like a fun bonus parent. There is a place for fun bonus parents. Please do not negate that. Fun bonus parents are very, very helpful in many, many ways. Yeah, my responsibilities are very low. You know, the kids have really great parents that take really good care of them. So Mm -hmm. I just get to be like a good support system for, I just get to be a good support system. And that- I I almost feel like every every new parent needs a, a fun bonus parent for some reason. However, that fun bonus parent comes into their lives, you need like this extra, maybe it's a grandparent, right? It could be, maybe it's your a sibling of yours. You know, you kind of need this or a really nice friend, a great friend who just is around for 
for some of that. I think the tribe is super important here. So yeah, I was listening to I think it was Dr. Becky. I love her yeah. podcast. Yeah. I think it's good on the inside, and she was talking about how it's important. And this might be from a different podcast, people. So forgive me because I listen to a lot of stuff all the time. But she was saying that it's really valuable for attachment, for proper attachment of children, that uh, children be in relationships with more than just their parents, right? That they have aunts or uncles or grandparents or family friends or that they can count on, that they can be attached to, just like they're attached to their parents so that they feel supported in multiple ways. And I do believe that, you know, it does take a village to raise children. I have, you know, uh, I have like seven nieces and nephews, current Mm -hmm. marriage, current family, previous marriages. And I feel like, you know, I feel like it's important to be available to all of those people because they do need sometimes just, you know, somebody to like vent to. <laughs> Something different than their parent. Funny things. Yeah. My niece called me the other day and she was like, she went on this really fun rant about like Girl Scouts and, you know, yep. Girl Scout cookies. And what happened was some other Girl Scout went by her house and dropped off a flyer about Girl Scout cookies. And that made her really mad. (laughs) And so, you know, it was like fun to have that conversation with her and to listen to her and then to just say like, hey, how do you, you know, how do you solve that? Like, what are you going to do about it? I was like, you need to make a video. And she did. She made this fun video. Uh, I think we should put that in the show notes. I'm not sure that Girl Scout cookies are available forever, but she had this like fun video that she made talking about her, you know, how they're going to spend their money. And I was like, you know what? That was like really fun for me to be available to her and, you know, and to just be part of that process. So I think as we wrap up this call about mom neglect, I think like what I hear you say is to give ourselves permission to just take the shower and eat the food, right? Take the shower, eat the food. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And like build a village of people. I feel like so, you know, I feel like you and I have been very deliberate about building our village, village of women that are surrounded us over the years to support us through a lot of different things in our lives. and. It's important for new moms, especially to surround themselves with other moms that can support them the best way they can. So, and you know, sometimes productivity is just really taking a shower and eating food. Yeah. I'm going to say. I don't disagree with that because some days that's what you've got the energy for. And it's good resources that, you know, you're putting those resources to that. So, so yeah, I would, I would agree with you on that. It's not easy. It's not easy. Not so easy. Yeah. applaud all of you out there who are managing it, dealing with it, handling it, sometimes feeling frustrated, maybe a little bit guilty. I, I absolve you of all guilt. Well, I want to say you're all doing a really good job. So yes. keep up the good work. <laughs> indeed. Yeah, indeed. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoy and learn something about yourself today during this yeah, just sometimes it feels a little off topic, but on topic about it's connected. Um, you know, it is connected. We appreciate your support and your love. And if you want to, you know, give us a shout out on social media, let us know what is the one thing that you do to do self-care. That would be really cool to know. Yes, indeed. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Productivity Lovers Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Please be sure to subscribe so that you get notified when we upload a new productivity podcast. For more tips and notes from the show, check us out at productivitylovers.com. Talk to you soon.